Four weeks into this YE1 Daily project, we've finally dug deep enough to strike a trophy-winning Tottenham campaign. This is our 2007-8 season review, and I'm Ian Wallace. Many thanks as ever for giving YE1 Spurs your value time. Every listener we get the opportunity to entertain really does fill us with great pride. Welcome again to singer-songwriter Anthony Costa, best known as a member of four-man boy band Blue, among other ventures into pop culture and also a massive Spurs fan. Anthony, where, yeah. where were you in your music career around the 2007-2008 era? I wasn't. I was doing a musical. I, was, I went into uh, the West End. And I went on tour with a show called Blood Brothers, right. uh, the 0708. Okay. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I was touring the country, but I managed to get a ticket for the League Cup final. I've read a good story you, you tell about that. Sim and Peter also sat at a virtual table, ready to attack the season in question. Hi, guys. Staying healthy, staying healthy and isolated, guys? Yep, yep. yep. Trying to. Feel healthy enough, yeah. Yeah. Peter, I have seen you in the park, uh, the local <laughs> park, on your bike a couple of times. On so, the bike uh, a few times, keeping a, a social distance from everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching you. I'll grass you up to yeah. the police. <laughs> As has been done a few times now, we'll begin the 2007-8 reassessment by again rewinding through YE1 time to the podcast debut last July. The daily editions have already featured low points from Ricky Swarbrick, who spoke of a realisation as Stoke won at White Hart Lane in 2014 that we no longer had any good players. And Rob White on 2010's pathetic FA Cup semi-final showing against Portsmouth. Now in the context of 2007 and 8, let's remind ourselves of Sims' all-time Spurs low, which is the treatment of manager Martin Yole in October 2007. I thought it was particularly disappointing to see us sink to what I'd call a Chelsea level of class. The Getafe game, I think the second leaked at half-time, they've, yeah. they've, been, they've been speaking to Ramos yeah. days, like maybe a week before that game. Yeah. I just thought it disrespected Yol's dignity a little yeah. bit, the way it all kind of like filtered around the ground on that yeah. night, the way Chelsea treat managers who deliver success, like titles and... Classless. Yeah, mm. it lacked a bit of class. And the crowd was shouting with Martin Yol. Yeah, they were. They yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to got to say goodbye, that's what yeah. if you want to put a positive spin on that. The Tottenham board's decision to sack Yol reportedly ratified midweek as we took on Getafe in the UEFA Cup, infamously began to permeate through the White Hart Lane stands, presenting an element of classlessness that Sim remains far from proud of. Peter, having watched us come up against Ramos's Sevilla in the previous season's UEFA Cup, what kind of manager do you think the Spurs board thought that they were going to be appointing I mean, honestly, I think they thought they were getting a serial winner, much in the way that they probably think that they've got one now. I remember the newspaper reports that came out at the time, and where Ramos was supposedly been made a dizzying offer, to use his words, to come to the lane. To be honest, I was sceptical, and still broken from the, the manner and the, the actual sacking of Martin Yol at the time. But he proved that he knew how to win the um, UEFA Cup. A lot about how to get through that competition. To be honest, I was still broken from the sacking of Yol, really. I think they thought they were getting someone in, in this sort of European mould. Because, you know, we tended to lurch from British-based, British-style managers to European-style managers. This was our little venture into the European-style manager, I think. We should have learned, Peter, from Christian Gross. But uh, Sim, so obviously you were hugely upset by Martin Yeo. How did you sort of feel 
at the start of this season, so 2007 season, how did you sort of feel? I think Arsenal had begun their kind of mass sale of players to fund the Emirates at the time, hadn't they? Ashley Cole had gone the season before to Chelsea, but it was continued with Henri going to Barca. And I think at that point, because we'd come fifth the previous two seasons, not that close to Arsenal in the second one. Obviously, the whole lasagna thing happened in you know a couple of years before. But I think there was there was a feeling going into this season that we could really push on, and you know we made some reasonably kind of exciting buys. I mean, Bale came in. I don't know what we were really expecting of him in terms of what position, because I, I think he did come in as a left back, and he, he might have been highly recommended. Yeah, yeah, but he was obviously he obviously would have been too raw to be a reliable left back at the time. But he was really exciting, and Darren Bent had scored a. a like a bundle of goals for Charlton, hadn't he? And suddenly we had this strike force of Berbatov, Keane, Defoe and Ben all fighting for places. That season we scored 66 goals in, in the Premier League. So we were really a, a really exciting team and I felt good going into the season, but it's kind of like Peter said, I think the board and the manager were just a little bit at odds because you had what I would say is kind of like a more British style of manager in Martin Yol, who was kind of like more wanted to build that kind of British core and maybe didn't really want the interference from the director of football and mm. I mean it was Damien Camoli at the time and I felt like Levy was just waiting for something to go wrong so yeah. he who's a spring. dead man walking do you think I thought so yeah and I didn't think it helped him that Ben only kind of got one goal because he was our big big signing he cost more than Henri cost leaving Arsenal so there was a lot of pressure oh. on that and the fact that that didn't work out and that was the kind of the British recruitment that was possibly overpriced. I think that is what the first stick that he used to beat you with. And I thought he was dead man walking, like he said. Yeah. In that summer, before the season started, we brought in Yunus Kabul, Darren Bent, Gareth Bale, Danny Rose and Kevin Prince-Boteng. How did you sort of feel at that sort of season? Again, just coming on to what the lads have said, you know, you think, yeah, OK, we've sort of mixed up the squad a bit. We've brought these players. Are they going to bring anything to the table? I felt that I felt it was going somewhere. It mixed it up a little bit. Darren Bent came. And, and unfortunately for him, he never really kicked on. He sort of became the forgotten man. And, and it only, yeah. it's only recently that I remember he played for us. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, But the treatment of, of, of Yo, uh, you know, was, was terrible. I remember watching that game and just feeling sorry for him, thinking yeah. everyone knows what's happening except him. And then yeah. I just thought it was wrong, mate. I just thought it was wrong. And Ramos coming in, he didn't really change anything did he? he was just he was boring football yet again it was boring football we'll come on to Ramos a little bit later but Anthony we had a really really good pre-season again we seem to have these good pre-seasons we beat the Kaiser Chiefs on our South Africa tour Orlando yeah. Pirates I remember that, we beat Leighton yeah. Orient away 4-2 oh brilliant and then, and then we brought, uh, beat <laughs> Torino at White Hart Lane from memory myself looking back I felt you know we've got a new manager we finished you know back-to-back fifth finishes Martin Yo had bought a few players, but Kabul was highly rated. Kevin Prince Boateng was highly rated. Yeah, yeah and Danny Rose, Rose came in. Danny yeah. Rose and Prince Boateng was a player that I could see he had something. There was mm. something in him, and yeah. he just didn't deliver. Yeah, he yeah. and back, it was he so frustrating. He was like so frustrating. What is the same with Tarat? Yeah, uh, that Tarat. Yeah, again, so frustrating. What is going on here? You know, and, yeah. and they had you know you had to get rid of him because there wasn't. Performing, and then they went on, and Prince Boateng yeah. went to AC Milan. In that season, Kevin Prince Boateng played 21 games for us, but I don't ever remember him 
really pulling up any trees. Pete, no, I don't him? remember him playing. I, I remember him playing, but I don't remember him, as <laughs> yeah. you said, changing the game. I remember or, it's very disappointing. Know, doing something that you think, oh my God, wow. What, what, you know, whereas someone like Danny Rose, his Premier League debut, was scoring against them lot down the road. Yep. You know, yeah. so there was something there and you could tell he was going to be a quality player. If I can just sort of state sort of the facts of the season. So we finished 11th in the season which is pretty shocking, but we'll sort of see what happens. Also, a little feature we like to put in, a pint of beer in 2007-8 season, £2.74. Going down, yeah. isn't it? I just like to go to the pub now, to be fair, in lockdown. So, Sim, again, you're sort of a youngster at this time. You're yeah. How old are you at this sort of time? About 10-ish, I suppose? Yeah, 9, 10, yeah. Yeah. So, did, was there any players which you came in and you thought, wow, this is like, you know, this is brilliant? I've got to admit, and people might kind of accuse me of lying, but I was very impressed with Bale from the beginning. He got a few goals in his early games, but as a left-back, and that just really excited me, because although we were we were shipping goals for fun, but, you know, it was it was really fun to see this guy who was kind of making these real bursting runs. He, had, he, he always had that pace in him, and especially coming from as deep as he was at left-back. Yeah, he had seeing, space to run into. Yeah, league, seeing, yeah. A, seeing a guy. I remember he got a goal in the League Cup against Middlesbrough. He got a goal against Fulham, didn't he, in, yeah, he did. in an early Premier League game. And the free kick against <laughs> Arsenal as well. One yeah. of the key things they brought him in for, from memory, was we played with Lee Yong-Poo. Oh, and he was a, he was a right footed left back, and I think yeah. everyone was quite excited about having a left footed left back. Yeah, in the team. Does anyone remember Lee? Lee he was terrible. Yeah, I remember him being he was destroyed by the other South Korean, the Man United one. What was his name? They had a Jason Park. Jason yeah, he, Park. Yeah, he played on the right, and he completely destroyed. demolished YP Lee. I remember in one game at, at the lane. Yeah, because Jim Bonda played left back in the final, didn't he, against Chelsea? I just want to sort of throw out there some of the people who sort of played some of the big appearances. Steve Malbrank played 55 games that, that season. Do you Anthony, know what? What's your, what's your memory of Steve Malbrank? He was a lovely, Lo- lovely, lovely bloke. Yeah. He was an absolute gentleman. And I'll tell you what, he was underrated, mate. He was, he was he underrated was. because there was something, again, like Prince Bota, he, he had something. And it's yeah. just from coming from Fulham to Spurs... He had it in his locker. I mean, he scored a few goals, he scored a few important he goals, did. but yes. he done yeah. all right, mate. He done all right. You know, he, he tried. He was a try. He was. Um, that's all we can ask for. Played the most games in that season. He played fifty-five really? games in that yeah. 2007-8 season. Many Just on appearances wise, like Robertson was the goalkeeper. Um, mm. Chimponda played the most games at right back. Lee Young Poo at left back. But then in the centre backs, we had like a little four of Kabul, Dawson, King, and Woodgate. Um, but I just want to sort of throw out there, King and Woodgate. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. imagine, imagine those two. And I just want to throw this to Anthony because obviously you've not been in the pod before. It's a recurring theme in the pod that King and Woodgate. Imagine getting those two at the top of their game when they're yeah. not injured. It, it just feels as though Spurs were sort of you know, always we getting Woodgate on the cheap or on his downward career. Do you think that could have been a season where we could Absolutely. have thrown a lot of money? I think a fit Woodgate and a fit King was yeah. just unbelievable. We hate people that play for Chelsea, but I'm sorry. As football, let's talk football now. John Terry and, and, and Carvalho were oh, unbelievable. Vidic yeah. and Ferdinand, unbelievable. Yeah. Why couldn't Spurs do that? King, bless him, who was, un, again, you know, one of my favourite Spurs players, just, just played with his heart. And a fit Woodgate as well, we would have been brilliant, mate. We would have been I mean, in, the, in that season, King played only 10 games, 10 league yeah. games, and Woodgate 17 games. Peter... Did we get sort of Woodgate at the wrong time, or is it a classic example of Levy doing something on the cheap? 
Yeah, I think it's a bit of both, really. I think I think you got him sort of like on a downward center trajectory of his career, but just whenever he was fit, and whenever King was fit, particularly Lady King, you just felt that we would win the game. He just yeah. gave you that confidence that hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, whereas you know, I mean Dawson, bless him, you know he's playing with his heart on his sleeve, but it's just that assurance that you got from King when he was fit. But you know, I think he was only just swimming to keep fit. You know, it just because of his yeah. dodgy knees, but I thought those guys, we just missed out, like as you mentioned, Terry and Cavallo and Village Ferdinand, you know, if we had those two at the top of their game, which we sadly didn't, would have been yeah. different. They both played in the League Cup final, though, incidentally. Well, they had Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Sim, do you remember much about Chimbonda? Because he played a lot of games that season. He played 49 games, so he's pretty much an ever-present in everything. Yeah. I mean, was he a calamity? Is, is he in the Serge Aurier hand grenade role? Or is he, <laughs> or his was rain he just... on the pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he was known for the gloves, wasn't he? He, he, never, he, never, he never didn't play without gloves. Yeah, I really liked him. I thought he was a threat from set pieces, which is interesting from a fullback because... You know, fullbacks normally stay back, don't they? But yeah. you, you guys yeah. talked about Mal Bronk and, and Anthony said what a lovely player he was and what a lovely guy as well. And I completely agree. I, I thought he was. Yeah. I thought he had a lot of talent, and it was, he reminded me a bit of. He reminded me a bit of um, Sigurdsson when he came in, kind of coming from a yeah. from a kind of like mid-table side and maybe struggled to really show who he was. But <coughs> just the thing that stood out about that team for me was just a little bit lopsided. You know, you had Chimbonda. And you talked about Lee as well playing left back. They were right footed, right footed fullbacks, yeah. and then you had Mal Bronk playing on the left. And it's just we just couldn't seem to get a left footer. And, and Anthony, you spoke in the last podcast about Alan Hutton being a really good guy. I've heard many rumours he's a bit of a crazy man. Yeah, I mean, I, I never <laughs> knew that side of him, but whenever I met him, he was always a gentleman and, and yeah. a really nice guy. You know, I think people at face value, regardless of what they like on the pitch or if they're good or not, I never bring that into it. I bring people at face value and it's just nice yeah. to speak to people that play for your club and, and yeah, appreciate must be, it. Must be brilliant. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the midfield, pretty much the solid midfield that season. Lennon pretty much played every game on the right-hand yeah. side. Steve played every game on the left-hand side. Then we had like the midfield of Jenis and Zakora. They played the most games. And then back up, we had Tanio and Huddleston. Peter, your, your thoughts on that little foursome in the middle of midfield? I really loved Huddleston. He was much maligned. People said that he was not mobile enough. But I thought with him and Janus would be my sort of centre midfield pairing of choice. Because definitely Janus had the athleticism about him. And Huddleston, yeah. I've never seen a sweeter striker of the ball. There was one UEFA Cup game where he just hit the ball like a real daisy cutter. Didn't leave the ground almost. Zakora, I thought, was like a little bit of a downgrade on Carrick, who is brought in to replace. I just thought he was never... As good as Carrick and Carrick for me it was like the heartbeat of that midfield. I thought from the 2016, and as it was proved, Man United got the best years out of him. So, yeah, I think we were kind of like not really dining at the top table with that midfield, really. Anthony, what do, what do you what do you think of Zakora? Do you remember much of Zakora? Yeah, he just frustrated me, mate. He was just <laughs> a bit, he, you know, he was a bit headless chicken in the final, he had it one-on-one and he skied it and it's just... He did, yeah. It's little things like that where you think, mate... I think we tried to go down that... Because of Chelsea having that success with Makalele, the unsung hero for Chelsea, and Pete mentioned the heartbeat. Huddleston, again, I've never seen a bloke pass a ball like that. You know, yeah. it was just... Everything was beautiful and it's just a shame his mobility let him down a little bit. But Genius as well... You know, Genius used to get a lot of flack and I felt a bit sorry for him because 
he did try and he box to box he, he made box runs, to box, but yeah, yeah. it was just we just weren't good enough for, at that time. We wasn't. We were still finding our feet, and we wasn't. We couldn't compete with the Chelseas and the Arsenal's, unfortunately, and the Uniteds and the Liverpools. We were just still finding our feet, and we wasn't quite there. There was something mm. brewing, but we wasn't quite there yet. That's a brilliant point, though. There was. I mean, that that season, I felt there was something brewing. As we said earlier, we had Keane and Berbatov and Bent and Defoe at some point. I mean, what a strike force! I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy looking back, isn't it, Sims? You must have been excited as a as a youngster at the time. Yeah, so, so we just couldn't we just couldn't keep a clean sheet on the other one, could we? Kind of the defenders not being able to be fit and stuff like that was just letting us down going the other way. But yeah, very exciting strike force, and you kind of feel sorry for someone like Defoe who just. It was just always on the bench, just forever on the bench, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, Keane and Berber, they shared 54 goals between them, as I yeah. mentioned in the last pod. So Defoe yeah. missed out. It's clearly no defensive strategy because we were just shipping goals for fun. We started the season badly with a couple of... Uh, we lost our first two games, then we spanked Derby at home, then lost United away. So we lost our last three out of four games. And then so we drew at Fulham, lost to Arsenal... It's a pretty, really poor start um, to the season. Did anyone sort of remember any... I remember the Villa at home game, the 125th anniversary yeah. game. Anthony, <laughs> be, being a man of style, because I, I read today that you've done some modelling for Armani, so you could be the man who um, <laughs> describes the kit. Do you remember that kit on that night? Yeah, it was the uh, the Mansion kit, wasn't it? Was it yeah, forgive me if I'm wrong, was it the sort of light, light blue, blue? Light blue. Correct. Yeah, good memory. Light Blue and he had the cockerel in the middle with the yeah. 125 years. Yeah, the ball last like... minute, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. But that was pretty Spursy of Spurs, you know, and a great celebration. Was. <laughs> but then, did it make it feel like a victory at the time? No, it was just typical <laughs> Spurs. It was just, you know, this massive, <laughs> this massive game that we forget that the lads are there to play football. And when it's a big occasions, you know, I've, I come on onto the, the Champions League, but I don't want to diverse, but. When it's big occasions, we let that overtake what they're supposed to do on the pitch. And, you know, Villa weren't really a great side, but people that haven't scored against Spurs always score against Spurs. If a manager hasn't won a game for 15 years, he wins his first game against Spurs. (laughs) It's just me who felt that. No, no. It's just just typical Spurs. You know, someone hasn't been booked, you know, for years. Spurs play against booked. It's just Spurs. That's how we are. That's in our DNA. That's what happens. And you think to yourself, how the hell do they not watch these players before the game and go, right, he ain't going to have a good game against us. Let's get on him. Let's make sure he doesn't score against us. But no, everyone scores against us. Yeah. You know, uh, Tevez. Yeah. Tevez, his first goal for West Ham against Spurs. Yeah. Mark mm. Noble against Spurs. True. Oh, uh, Mark Noble. Mark Noble. Yeah. Yeah. He always tries against extra hard Spurs. against us anyway. Come on, man! Come on, Anthony. I, I thought it was just me and Sim and Peter who felt like that, but I'm glad you sort of feel that. Oh, mate! Uh, I always say it. Whenever a new player signs for another club, all my mates on our WhatsApp group go, "He's going to score against Spurs, isn't he?" And I'm like, "Yeah, hundred percent." The biggest example of that, I think, is the, the Newcastle striker, isn't it, Joe Linton? That, yeah. they, that they got this year. Oh, yeah. Only goal, yeah. and this is a winner against Spurs, wasn't it? This year. Yeah, absolutely, mate. So obviously, we had this dreadful start to the season, and then on the 25th of October. Martin Yeo is fired, and then Wande Rummers comes in from the 27th. So, Sim, from memory, did our league form sort of pick up after he joined on the 27th of October? We went on a run of, I think, five wins from eight at one point, wasn't it? We beat Wigan 4-0 in his first home game, and 
Yeah, we, 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 there was that period like kind of over Christmas. We should have won at the Emirates. There was that really irritating game where um, we lost 2-1 at the Emirates. We went 1-0 down. Berbatov scored from the craziest angle. Like, just unbelievable goal. Just completely blitzed it past the keeper. And then he missed a penalty. And then a bit like what Anthony was just kind of complaining about just then, that Bentner guy comes on for Arsenal and oh, yeah. scores with his first touch. And, you know, that was a, that was a disappointing yeah. one on that run. But we, yeah. we went on a decent initial run, didn't we, under Ramos? Boxing Day, we beat Fulham 5-1. Yeah. And then we beat them on, on 29th of December. <laughs> we uh, beat Reading 6-4. Oh, the Reading Great game. game. Can I just say something about the Reading game? We were, <laughs> yeah. we were away and we... Um... We decided to avoid the score and watch it on Match of the Day. <laughs> <laughs> we decided to watch it as if live. I, we couldn't believe it. I was like, 6-4. I think that's the end of Robinson's career, wasn't it? I, I don't think Robinson ever kind of... He never seemed to recover from that thing that happened with England, did he? Where he, The yeah. miss kick and his form yeah. his form just really fell off a cliff, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anthony, did you Carried remember... Um, yeah. Talk about Robinson. Do you remember Radic Cherney came in for quite a lot of games after that? Yeah, he was, Matt yeah, Cherney was, wasn't great, but no, he wasn't great. I mean, he was dark <laughs> days then. In that season, yeah. we only won 11 Premier League games all season. Terrible. 11. Two of the three relegated teams won eight and ten, respectively. Not good enough. Yeah, no, it's not good enough. And we actually drew 14 games that season. Absolutely oh, crazy. Cool. Obviously, we'll come on to the cup run next. But after our cup win, we had three wins in our final 12 games of the season. So we absolutely fell off a cliff pretty much after that. Yeah. Three wins out of 12. Yeah, that carried on into the following season as yeah. well. Ian, yeah. when, what, what date was um, was your son Casper born, by the way? It was days uh, after, he, wasn't it? He was born on the 1st of March, first so of March. it was a couple ne- of days after. Never seen a Tottenham Trophy win. Yeah, that's quite quite sad. Quite sad. My word. Bless him. Yeah. Yeah. But to be fair, it's not really blessing man to because he's seen Real Madrid... He's seen, uh, you know, Barcelona. He's seen oh, yeah, 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 yeah. True, so. true, true, true. Our league form after that cup win was like, we like it was like relegation stats that we were yeah. putting out. It was terrible. So the season, I mean, we fell off a cliff, but we still finished 11th in the season. Man City actually finished 9th, which is incredible to think of now. United were the champions, and we won't sort of mention two of the three who got in the Champions League, but Liverpool were one of them, and the other two were just burning teams, so we won't talk about those. Thanks for listening to the first part of our 2007-08 season review. Please keep listening, sharing and offering your feedback on the podcasts and join us again tomorrow for the second half of this review when Ian, Anthony, Peter and myself assess the other competitions Spurs competed in that season which of course included lifting the Carling Cup, unacceptably our most recent silver.